0: We use a ghoulish number of spoilers, so watch the movies first.
1: Second warning, we don't know anything about anything, so don't take us seriously while we take these movies seriously. Today, we are talking about the movie His House from 2020. This is actually an evil twin. Yeah. To the earlier movie that we reviewed this month, Girl House,
0: And I feel like it would be impossible to get a more exact opposite to a movie. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like you, this polar opposites (laughs) on every scale. (laughs) Yes. Literally every scale. His house is the story of a couple that has fled uh, Sudan or South Sudan. We don't really find out for sure, I don't think. But we do know that they speak Dinka which is the language of a group in South Sudan and Sudan. But they are fleeing the violence there, the the warring between two groups that they they talk about this during the movie. And they end up in England. And this is the story of them starting over in this new country, right? And they're given a house and they are told by the immigration people that they are being accepted as asylum seekers and that they Must live in a house of their choosing they are not allowed to make any other money besides the
0: you know 74 pounds a week
1: 74 pounds a week that they are given And they must not miss one appointment Yes, and you know because we're watching a horror movie that One of those three things or perhaps (laughs) all of those three things who knows is going to become an issue, right? Yeah, did you know which one was going to become an
0: issue? Well, it's called His House, so...
1: Uh, well, yeah.
0: Yeah, There, there's an issue with the house. They don't want to be in this house, but they have to stay. And it creates an interesting thing you don't see in horror movies where the idea that they could just leave is out. Right. They've got to stay in this house.
1: Well, it's, it really ups the ante. Like, there's always a reason, right? There's always like, oh, your rich dead uncle says that you can have this (laughs) house or you can have all of his money if you spend a night in this haunted house. And they're like, we're going to stick it out. And then there's always the point where they're like, yeah, no, thank you. (laughs) It's not worth it. This movie takes that, like, why are they staying and ramps it up to a thousand
0: yeah, they basically have to deal with the unknown ghostly terror or be sent back to human shooting right. terror.
1: In fact, the woman, Rial, at one point says, you think I can be afraid of ghosts after what we've seen that men can do? Like she, She's just like, I'm not afraid of this stuff. Whereas Bull is afraid, but we find out later that there is more reason for him to be more afraid of what's going on.
0: That's weird. Yeah.
1: Okay. So there are definitely going to be spoilers. And this is definitely going to be a movie that I rate highly. I don't know about you. So I just want to remind all of our viewers that if you want to enjoy this movie free of us telling you what's coming and ruining some of the art of the movie, I guess, the value of the movie, go watch it first before you listen to the rest of this. Mm -hmm. Okay. We learn early on that they lost a daughter, you know, while they were crossing a sea during their journey, right? And we see this traumatic, you know, all these different things that they go through on their journey.
0: But then towards the end, they reveal to us that that's not really their daughter.
1: No. And
0: that's pretty scummy, which you have to understand the scumminess is that they were trying to get on a bus in Sudan to Mm -hmm. get out of things while guys were rolling into the village with guns, killing everybody. They're like, we want to get on. They're like, no, only kids. And they were like, uh, this is our kid. And they grabbed some little girl.
1: It was like, it was like the wife in Clown where she's just like, here's an unsupervised (laughs) child. I can use it for whatever purpose I want. Yeah. Yeah. He literally was just like, yeah, this one's mine. And he picked one up and they were like all right get on and they let the three of them get on
0: yeah which is something else man that changes the sympathy levels in this movie
1: <laughs> well i mean it does and it doesn't like it to me it just magnified the terror that they must have been feeling in that moment because these were good people they well, they were
0: they were people in very tough circumstances right i mean understandable
1: outside of we are on the verge. We know that we are about to be horrifically murdered by men with huge guns. You know, in in, in very painful ways. Like outside of that, <laughs> these were really decent, good people. They just they were normal people, is yeah. the thing. And for him to make that decision, and for her to go along with it,
0: I know there's... were
1: two things where I'm like, these people were so terrified.
0: There was a lot of tension between them.
1: Well, for obvious reasons, uh-huh. which weren't obvious at first, which was interesting. So they basically kidnap this child and use her as their ticket out. And then they fail to protect her Yeah. during their journey. And even more so, the fact that they lost her, I think, played into why they were given asylum-seeking status probably
0: yeah because they mention
1: that you know they're the the immigration people are like whispering to each other and they're like oh they lost her you know whatever so like there's all this guilt around this girl but then even later at the end we find out that rial had been pregnant and had lost a pregnancy and so Suddenly then it sort of made sense to me why she went along with what her husband was doing where like she sure. was she was not only afraid that she was going to die but she also was really messed up over you know she had lost the potential of a daughter like she had been told she was carrying a daughter and that now she had no daughter and she was just totally screwed up because of that too then all the women that she's hanging out with who are supporting her during this are all uh, murdered by mercenaries.
0: Yeah. While she she's hides the in a cupboard. Sole survivor. Yes. That's... Like,
1: this movie is just nonstop survivor guilt.
0: Yeah. And PTSD, which is represented early on is like, wow. Yeah.
1: Yes. One of my notes was that, is the house haunted or is this PTSD? Like, that was an early question for
0: me. I mean, I guess you don't really know. They're the only people who ever interact with the ghosts.
1: Right. And I think, like, I've had some conversations with friends about how really everything that we think of as ghosts, like all the stories about ghosts, mm-hmm. when you think about them in terms of PTSD or mental health issues, that Venn diagram is is mostly a circle.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. And the thing people don't really think about or realize, or maybe a lot of people don't even know, is that hallucinations are common. Like, yes. Everybody has them sometimes. Yes. And so you think you see something that's not there and that's out there, that's an extreme situation, but it happens. And when you're under a lot of stress and difficult situations, then you're going to see stuff.
1: Right. Because it's our brain interpreting things. Like we, yes. we get input and our brain is like, oh, here's what happened. And we respond to that as if that's a thing we know.
0: Yeah. And if your brain is all fired up on all cylinders, it's going to have some crazy ideas about what just happened.
1: Right. And the problem is when it's your brain giving you the ideas, Yeah, it's really hard to argue against that. We can't even argue against that when it's someone else's stupid brain giving us dumb (laughs)
0: ideas. (laughs) That does happen.
1: Yeah. There's trauma. There's PTSD. There's survivor guilt. There's all this stuff. And And? they are in another country being told that they're going to be sent back to all of the things that have caused these feelings in them if they don't assimilate. If If they they don't. don't. If they're not... One of the good ones, which is an actual <laughs> phrase that was used by By
0: Doctor Who. <laughs> yes.
1: By by one of the immigration people, like the guy yeah. who's checking up on them.
0: Well, and it's they're in this new country and all that mm-hmm. and it being one of the good ones. So that in itself is a pressure, but also there's a bunch of different racist things happening to them that Constantly. are making their lives. Difficult and weird and that they have to grin and bear it because of that you're going to go home if you do it wrong.
1: Right. And literally grin and bear it. Like there are multiple times throughout the movie where one or the other or both of them plaster these pleasant smiles on their faces because they know that's what... People looking at them want to see, or that's the only thing that will get them out of the situation that they are currently in. Yeah, It was so uncomfortable for me to watch that because it was done really well. Like the scene was acted really well, but also because I just kept thinking about all the times that that happens in real life oh, yeah. and not just to people who have gone through all of that horrific trauma. Like that is just the way... So many people in this country have to live. And I realized that was in England and, you know, but I don't, I don't know England the same way. And then I think about how many times I mistook somebody being friendly or looking happy to me and misread a situation where they were really uncomfortable or unhappy and didn't feel safe telling me. And obviously I don't know when that has happened. I can't tell you this is a time because I was oblivious. Right. It just makes me wonder how many times I was oblivious and misread somebody's smile. And it it was interesting mm-hmm. to see how the two of them approached that differently. Because Bowl was very much like mm-hmm. he's like we just need to assimilate. He like buys the clothes at the store that exactly match <laughs> the guy on the wall, yeah. you know, like the advertisement. He Goes to the local pub. He, like, (laughs) sings the pub songs, even though he doesn't really... Like, I don't think he really knew what he was singing about. Or if he knew, he didn't agree, necessarily. He was just like, this is how I fit in.
0: Yeah, he totally was. He was making an extreme effort to assimilate. Yes. And Rial was the opposite.
1: Yes. And she, like, largely, she just stayed home. But also, like... Like she went to the grocery store and she came home and she's trying to cook food like they would have back at home. Only the only bread she has, the only bread she can afford on her seventy-four pounds a week, is this like crappy white hamburger buns, right? Hamburger buns. And you can just see her like she makes this meal and she's eating it the traditional way with her fingers and you know like taking the bread and dipping it in the other parts of the meal and bowl is like here's the silverware like we have to eat like you know with forks and stuff and as she puts it in her mouth even she's just like you could see the acting was so good right there because you could see like the grimace on her face even though it wasn't like super obvious it it was just i that was fantastic to me i thought that was such a good scene
0: she said She could only taste the metal. And I'm like, I never even thought about that. Uh Uh-huh. I'm sure you can taste the metal of a fork. Why not? I've tasted metal before. But we don't because that's...
1: We have been eating off of metal forks our entire lives. Yeah. Yeah. It was very strange. So even in addressing the haunting that's happening, like they're both seeing this dead girl and they're both seeing all these other dead people and, you know, really horrible things are happening. And they're... Bol is like, this isn't real. This isn't happening, you know, <laughs> whatever. And then Rial is totally, she's like, well, this is makes perfect sense. Like she tells us a, a traditional story yeah. that her mother had told her, which I thought was really good timing because it made sense within the context of that point of the movie. But then later when we realize, because it's about mm. a guy who's, Dole in order to build the house that he wanted. And I was like, yeah. Oh, here's the, you know, sure. titular thing. And then later we found out find out that they stole the girl. And I was like, Oh yes, uh, yeah, that was I didn't amazing. Think
0: about
1: that. Yeah. But she's like tying it all to her tradition and culture and like <clears throat> interpreting it in a totally different way. And he's just flat out rejecting well, all and of And she's
0: she's making peace with it. She's like talking to the ghosts and mm-hmm. discussing what's going on with mm-hmm. them. Which Kind of supports the idea that there are no ghosts, that she is trying to reconcile with what they did, and he is denying and hiding Mm -hmm. away, Mm -hmm. fighting against it.
1: But even if there were ghosts, it would make sense to me that these ghosts were, like, trying to tell them something, and when she's listening to them, they respond differently to her, whereas he's pretending they don't exist, and they're trying to kill him. Yeah. Yeah, there's so much complexity there that was just very well- Told and very well acted, and all came together beautifully. But as I was watching them, all I could think was how absolutely soul destroying it would be to live in that house. Because that house, it had holes in the wall. the The electricity wasn't hooked up properly. Like the lights didn't work in most of the rooms. You know, the wallpaper was all torn off yeah. and like they are trying to make it livable by having rat the ratty furniture that was left there and the dirty sheets that was left there. And like they moved into that house and there were still pizza boxes full of old gross yeah. maggoty food in that. Like at the bare minimum, they couldn't get one person to come through and remove the garbage from this house before they moved them in. Yeah. And they get this sense of superiority because Oh, look, we've given you this thing for free.
0: It's a perpetuating thing where you treat them like less... And give them, you know, this bad situation, low end thing, mm-hmm. and then treat them like they're dirty and whatever because you've made them because dirty. They live in filth <laughs> yeah. because that's
1: where you've told them they have to live, and they're not allowed to make any money or find another that's place the crazy or anything. Bit.
0: You're not allowed to get a job and make more money. Like what?
1: <laughs> because Rial and Ball wanted to make that place better. Like yeah. they were, they were spending portions of the little bit of money they had to improve on this place that they hadn't destroyed. Yeah, <laughs> like to fix what someone else had done. So they had this pride, and they wanted to do the right thing, even though they were being expected to do the right thing with no resources and no support. It's very upsetting, and it's it's gross to me. You know how often. People are like, oh, I, myself included. I'm like, oh, I've donated this bag of old clothes to you know, the woman's shelter in town. It's like, I used to just take everything that I didn't want and have this mentality of like, somebody will want this. And now I give them the stuff that, is still wearable or the things that like I bought it and I never wore it because it turned out I didn't like the way it fit or the yeah. way it felt or whatever and I'm like this is a brand new thing or a thing that's in good shape like so often I hear people who work in those kinds of areas and that get donations and they're like we just get a bunch of clothes that have, you know, all these gross pit stains in them yeah. and you know s- spills all over them and it's just yeah it's very upsetting and I think we let ourselves off the hook because we can explain it away with like well they they didn't have this before Ugh.
0: but it is tricky because like you said you get something you you've got something so yeah i mean when you think about oh i'm just going to throw this out instead of giving it away what if somebody needs it <laughs> you know i
1: mean it's true i think the thing i think the the real problem is that we give away these things that aren't good enough for ourselves anymore, and then we judge them right. for have for using things that aren't as good as the things that we have.
0: Yeah, you know, That's it's a huge. It's problem. that
1: perpetuating piece that you were talking about before, and it's just this idea that we are better and we deserve better because we've made better life choices. When in fact, it was just that we were born in a different family, like we were born into yes, absolutely a whole set of privileges that. Other people it's got warmth. nothing
0: to do with anything except luck
1: birth. right and and then carrying that idea of, you know, oh well we're we're doing such a great thing by helping somebody who is less than us. whether we're willing to say that out loud or not, there's always that idea that someone yes. is less than us if they don't have the same things we have,
0: yeah, that's a big, big part of it. and, and that's like baked into us, and that was part of what they were doing. like, Doctor Who was like, no ball games, no games, no balls. And it was like, there's no reason for that rule at all. They just want you to disappear. They want you to not be there. Yeah. Stop existing because it's a problem.
1: Especially if you're going to exist out in the world where we have to watch you and then we have to be like, why are they being so loud or why are Mm -hmm. they doing it like that? And, you know, we have to confront differences or, you know, things that make us uncomfortable. Yeah. You Um, should
0: just not be around so we don't have to see you.
1: Yeah. So in the end, Ball finally decides to accept, like he decides to accept that he can't stop being who he is. He can't stop being from where he is. Like he's been, he spends the whole movie denying his culture and his past and his decisions and he, he finally is just like, okay, I'm going to take responsibility. I'm going to accept, you know, that this Apef, the Night Witch, is real. And he he decides to sacrifice himself because the whole idea is if you give us yourself, then we will give you your daughter back is yes. the deal that the Apef is giving him. So he decides to do that. He decides to sacrifice himself. And then Rial... Who is getting this girl back who's not her daughter, but who is her daughter now? Like she feels yeah. responsible for her. She's getting her daughter back, and she realizes that it's a like a tainted deal, basically. Right? She realizes yeah, she's making a it. deal with the devil, basically. And she sacrifices by choosing to say no to the deal.
0: Well, here's an interpretation, Sully. Okay. He is accepting his guilt. And she, who has been cold to him this whole time, which there's a whole part where he locks her in the house that is pretty intense. Mm-hmm. But anyway, she is accepting his acceptance of the guilt, and she is forgiving him. Mm-hmm. And now they can move on mm-hmm. with this forgiveness. And I mean, I feel like that's kind of what's happening and not so much any of the other stuff. <laughs> like it's yeah, the resolution of their relationship.
1: Right, right. Definitely. And whether all those other things are real or not, we we don't know. In terms of, as far as the story goes, they are real. Yeah. But I absolutely agree that that's what's happening is they are moving past these traumas that, to me, when I think about them, like, they're unimaginable. Like, I cannot imagine just going on with life, like, normal life. After the things that they have experienced. And again, that made me realize how many refugees there are from how many different places in the world where they have experienced things that I can't even imagine surviving. And then they just have to, like, live their lives.
0: Well, and then they go and they start a business and they Mm -hmm. make a life and they coach a soccer team, you know? And
1: they can't talk about any of it because they're surrounded by people like me who find the whole thing so unfathomable that, like, it's just more painful to talk about it. If they were within their own culture of people who had shared these experiences, you could have, like, it could be more cathartic and you could you could talk about it, I think there could be more healing, but instead they come to our cultures and along with us being like, you should be grateful for our garbage. Mm-hmm. We're also like, but don't talk about the things you've been through because it makes me very uncomfortable. Right,
0: they brought that in with, when Riel went to the doctor, the nurse was mm-hmm. you know, taking her blood and stuff and she was not telling her anything at first, but finally she's just like, all right, whatever. Um, Yeah, my daughter's dead, and there's two tribes, and they kill each other on sight, and they mark themselves, and I marked myself with both so that I wouldn't get killed by both.
1: Right. And the nurse is just like, (laughs) like wide-eyed, has no response.
0: That is outside the realm of anything we could imagine dealing with.
1: Yeah. And so it's just like, trauma on top of trauma- and then all wrapped up in a package of, don't talk about it.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. You got to assimilate. You got to go along to get along. Yeah.
1: And then, you know, and then people get mad that they like, you know, people come to our country and only hang out with other people who have also come from the same places. It's like, right. well, of course they do. <laughs> like, those are the people who have even a small chance of understanding anything about who they are and what they're doing and what they're surviving. Yeah. Ugh. This movie made me think a lot about the large population of refugees from Somalia that live in Minneapolis. In fact, I just looked it up and Minneapolis has more Somalis than any other city in the United States. Like that is one of the large refugee populations in Minnesota. And that same thing, like it's that whole idea of I have no idea what they've been through beyond these very like sterilized generalized white savior kind of stories yeah and this movie obviously was completely different in the details but i think those you know the idea behind it is similar and it's given me kind of a different perspective about that
0: To get less political, the end part of this movie, like the last quarter of it or so, it gets weird. It really changes what's going on to where suddenly the two of them sort of dive into the past. And Mm -hmm. like, it's just like they walk out the door and they're in the past and it's flashbacks, basically, but... They're there, and it's hard to follow. It's hard to reconcile, you know, what that means. Although at one point Rial comes in and finds Bull just sitting there, like he's peed his pants. He's just blanked out, and Mm -hmm. so clearly they're just kind of lost mentally. But I don't know. It it became difficult to tell what was really going on because of that, and it was I don't know. It was weird, but it was it got us the. That's how we learn about their daughter that they stole I don't know it was just very weird and hard to follow
1: I noticed that as well Although I don't think I found it quite as hard as you did. Like, I mean, it's like with any ghost story, the question is always what's really happening and what's in their heads. And so anytime we're watching movies with ghosts in them, I'm just like, regardless of whether this is real or not, you know, this is how we're learning about the background of these people.
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: But what I noticed, what it it really reminded me of was the discussions I've had over the last year about storytelling and culture. And how in our culture, we have this like three act storytelling yeah. pattern that we are all familiar with because it's how all of our stories are told. And that pattern is not the same pattern that other cultures use. And I have experienced that with stories from Asian cultures mm-hmm. because there's a very, di- like, they don't do the whole conflict thing that yeah. we do. Like, every story we have is built around conflict. yeah, And that's not the pattern that they use. And I don't know enough about the storytelling patterns of African cultures, which I'm sure are diverse in and amongst themselves.
0: Presumably, yeah.
1: To know what was going on in this story and how it was being told. But I definitely felt like it wasn't exactly following American plot patterns. And it felt familiar to me from some of the African stories that I have read. Like there's a book called Lagoon by um a Nigerian author, Neddy Okorafor, which I read and was fascinated by, but I'm Very certain I did not understand the story. Like, Mm -hmm. I understood the surface level exactly what was being described to me, but I have no idea what was actually going on because I didn't understand the interactions. I didn't understand the pacing of it. And I do not have the background knowledge of like African mythology to understand the symbolism of the different things that were happening. Like, there was a whole thing about this road and a spider and When I did some research afterwards, that is a huge mythological story that if you are from certain cultures is part of your heritage, sort of like, you know, Thor is part of my heritage. (laughs) (laughs) So this movie felt a little like that. The whole Apef, like Night Witch piece is outside the realm of my experience of storytelling.
0: Yeah, but I mean- She did explain it, which was, I think they threw that in there. Yes. This was not meant for an African audience. This is for everybody.
1: Yes. And I think that they, you know, like the story that she told, I think it was anglicized a little bit to make it more understandable because it probably wouldn't have been told that way. There were things they wouldn't have had to explain
0: because of culture. That was a part I totally noticed when she said, oh, it was an opath." And then I'm like, gee, I don't know what that is, but I just assume I'll get it from context. And then she immediately goes, a night witch. And I'm like, really, you had to tell him that?
1: <laughs> right, right. Well, and even just like within the story, you know, it's the guy who is desperate and steals and that's a bad thing. Like, basically, it was capitalism. <laughs> and I think within, like, I think they had to explain how, you know, he was desperate and it was a bad kind of stealing. Because I think probably in the Sudanese culture, they wouldn't have had to explain that because I don't know. I don't know it well enough, but I feel like there was probably some explanation there to make capitalist brains understand the story uh-huh. in a way they might not have it if it had been told in the traditional sense.
0: Probably. Yeah. I'm we sure would have there been was like, a lot to it.
1: What, but that's okay. Like you're supposed to do whatever, you know, I don't know
0: and that that whole scene would have just been her being like this is like the story about the apeth remember
1: <laughs> right there is also that <laughs> yeah so it 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 definitely reminded me that other cultures tell stories in different ways mm-hmm. and that you know we have to work a little bit harder to understand them which is one of my favorite things about watching the movies that we
0: watch we do end up seeing a lot of different cultures in our movies yeah yeah Doing not this so project.
1: much. Not so much this year because MovieBot.
0: <laughs> it actually has been a bunch this year. Some new ones too. We've had. I, I was just editing a Norwegian movie we watched, mm-hmm. uh, Cadaver. We've had some really. Oh, new there's ones. the
1: Belgian one.
0: Two Belgian movies for some reason. Huh. Yeah, New Zealand, Australia. Yeah, we're covering that whole area. Two French movies, we haven't hit those up. yet, but they're coming. Canadian, huh. of course, that of course. are distant neighbors to the north.
1: I uh, Yeah, the indigenous movie. Oh, right. Movie.
0: Yeah, that was, that was one of the Canadian uh-huh. movies that was definitely from a different culture.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I think that the more you go into that discomfort zone
0: of mm-hmm.
1: this is a story I don't understand. I'm not, I don't get why these people are interacting the way they are. The more you sit in that, the more you start to understand it, which is something that we, as people who have always been part of the majority of any group that we've been in, have not had to experience often. Like, we have to seek out those experiences.
0: For sure. As
1: opposed to, like, the Somalian refugees in Minneapolis who are living that experience (laughs) constantly as they try to figure out what the heck is going on with American culture.
0: I try to figure that out, too.
1: (laughs) Ratings.
0: So, Sully, first thing you're going to have to consider here is, was this better or worse than Girl House? (laughs) You're going to have to think about that.
1: So you're asking me, does this movie deserve more than a zero?
0: or less than a zero.
1: His house is so far removed from Girl House that it doesn't even seem fair to compare them. Yeah. We've had a few movies pairs so far this month where they were very different. This is by far the most (laughs) different.
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: That is definitely gonna show in my rating because His House is going to be my second five plus of the month
0: i don't want to hear you complaining that i didn't bring you good movies with moviebot two five pluses come on okay
1: but if we were to like average out the scores this month has a much lower average i would guess than other years there is nothing i didn't like about this movie i thought the acting was fantastic yeah I thought the story was told well. I liked what it made me think about. I liked that it made me uncomfortable. I liked that it made me learn things. Everything about it was good. And it was one of those like great meldings of horror. Like there were there were ghosts and monsters and and jump scares and all of that stuff that comes with horror, but also like psychological Exploration and, you know, all of that meaty, good trauma processing yumminess. (laughs) So it really blended those things together really well, which is why it is getting five plus seaweed covered wall ropes out of five.
0: Yeah. Well, you know. I am torn on my rating. Is this better than Girl House? That's the real question. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I don't know whether to give five or five plus seaweed covered wall ropes.
1: What's, what's the difference in your mind between a five and a five plus?
0: Perfection.
1: And where was this movie lacking?
0: I, it's, I don't think it was lacking. I think in honor of important filmmaking, I will award this a full five plus seaweed covered wall ropes out of five. It might only be a five, but we're gonna do the five plus because I feel like it would be good for people to have this experience and really think about other people and whether they're important or not.
1: All right. I definitely, I want to be clear that my five plus is not a low five plus. My I, five plus is yeah, a I high know. five plus, And it is not just because I feel like it's Educational. Like I thought the right. movie was really well done.
0: I did too. And
1: then you add in the like this movie is the kind of story that helps make the world a better place. And that's to me, that's what makes a five plus. Like that connecting people through storytelling in a way that Girl House did not manage to do. It did
0: not? Did it not <laughs> no. connect you with incels? Uh no. All right. Well, I feel like that statement is where we need to end this because that's bold.
1: Bold. All right. We will be done with that. And tell me what we are watching next.
0: This is what I'm so excited about, this pairing. We're starting off with Japanese found footage.
1: Ooh. Noroi
0: the Curse from 2005. And I googled this so I can tell you that Noroi means the curse. So, so it's the curse, the curse. I think they were just being helpful to the English audience.
1: Yeah. That oh. Okay, Japanese found footage is what we usually see way too much of because this is Mikey's wheelhouse. This
0: is a good wheelhouse to be to be spinning around in for right. if you ask me.
1: And what are we pairing this with?
0: Well, Solange.
1: Yeah, I've seen the tag.
0: Since it's called Don't don't look at I just put that tag on. You mm-hmm. shouldn't see that. Since the first movie was called The Curse The Curse. <laughs> yes. Our other movie is called The Curse. Ooh. And it's from 1987 which is definitely going to be good. <sighs> Yikes. And here's the real trick.
1: Uh-huh. Bring this it on
0: movie. I don't think I want to spoil it. I think I want you to be surprised when you see this movie. There is something very special about this movie. You are going to watch this movie with me.
1: I'm not sure that I trust you, because I see that you very clearly tagged the evil twin with the Lovecraft tag.
0: I wish I hadn't done that. It is definitely based on a Lovecraft story. I could even tell you which one, but I'm not gonna. But
1: it wouldn't matter, because I <laughs> don't retain them in my brain.
0: <laughs> Good. But that's not what's special. And you're going to not even worry about that because you're going to be so excited about the special thing about this movie.
1: All right. Well, that gives me a lot of interesting things to look forward to.
0: It sure does.
1: And I'm sure I will have things to say about it tomorrow.
0: Me too. Me too. we just getting meaner yeah yes we (laughs) (laughs) consistently meaner every year (laughs) more discerning